All right, good morning, everybody. You get to hear me talk this morning. If you don't know who I am, I'm Ben. Uh, I'm on staff here. Hope everybody had a pretty good Thanksgiving. Um, mine was pretty good. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you guys had the same experience as I do, but Thanksgiving is kind of like a, a big rush of activity, and we have a pretty good time, but you have to have some time to recover from, from the family and not that I don't like my family. I'm just saying that, you know, you got to have some time to recover. So we're still kind of recovering from that and getting, getting rested. Actually, this week, it's kind of a weird story uh, or weird way of doing things. Claire's sister and brother-in-law came in town with their kids, and we like to see the kids open the presents and all that. So normally when they come in at Thanksgiving, we, like, do Christmas for them. But Claire and I are also having a baby, like, right around Christmas. So we decided that the whole family would just go on ahead and get Christmas out of the way this year, you know. And so we did that on Monday before Thanksgiving. So Monday we were running around doing Christmas. And then on, uh, you know, once that was over, it felt like Christmas was over. But then Thanksgiving came. So we did that. It was just, it was nuts. And, uh, and then some of the people after dinner on Thanksgiving, right, some of the people in Claire's family, not my family, they wouldn't do this. Uh, you know, some people went shopping, right, because things were opening on Thanksgiving now, I think. Some of them went at midnight. And they stayed out until, like, I think 10 to noon the next day, I think. Crazy, right? I don't know. So uh, I'm not bashing that. You know, if you want to do Black Friday, that's fine. That's not what I'm up here to talk about. Um, so I don't think that means horrible things about you or them. But it's, it's a crazy time, so we're still recovering. But I do want to point out that this is kind of how America does Christmas, right? It starts the day after Thanksgiving. That's our tradition. It starts Black Friday. Now it's starting on Thanksgiving because the Christmas shopping starts on, uh, on Thanksgiving, apparently. So we start shopping on Black Friday. We start spending money. Maybe a lot of it, on, it goes into credit cards and puts us in debt. And we don't stop spending until Christmas Eve or whatever, whenever Walgreens closes. It might even be Christmas morning. I'm not sure. Then we stop for a few hours to go eat a meal, maybe unwrap all the stuff. And then the next day, everybody's back in the stores returning everything for at least a week. So it's like, Christmas is like a big time of shopping. Either you're returning stuff or you're buying stuff, whatever. And that's what we, we do to celebrate Christmas. Um, so a bunch of shopping, a bunch of checking off the list, making sure everybody's on the list, making sure we got everybody, didn't forget anybody, because somebody would probably be pretty hurt if they didn't get that sweater or uh, you know the Rubik's Cube or whatever it is that we got them. Uh, and a couple parties, some more shopping, Christmas. That's what we do to celebrate it. So the question I wanted to ask this morning is, what are we celebrating by doing all this shopping? You know, what is it that we're celebrating? What's the good news that we celebrate at Christmas? Um, if I could, I would stop right there. I just want to pray before we get too far in. Uh, Father, I'm incredibly nervous, so uh, I, I pray that you would calm me. I, I'm totally aware of my inadequacy, of my inability to communicate your word but I'm also totally aware of your full power and ability to communicate exactly what you want to communicate. So I pray that you communicate however you want to through me, and I pray that you open the people, our hearts and these people's hearts to hear your word, how you'd have them hear it. I pray that you move so that we would know Jesus Christ, that we would know the love of Jesus Christ, that we know the good news of our Savior coming and rescuing us from certain death, and that we would have our entire world turned upside down and our perspective would be completely changed and that all we would know is joy and, uh, and salvation and that all we would be able to do is proclaim that 
We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we're talking about the good news of Christmas. What is it that we're celebrating at Christmas? I figured a good place to start would be in Luke, which is the traditional place we go to for the Christmas story. Uh, my favorite part to find out what the good, good news of Christmas is is the, the, the angels' encounter with the shepherds. So we'll start there in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 8 through 20. And I'll read that to you. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard, had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So this, this is good news. Uh, not only did an angel show up to tell them the good news, to tell the, the, the shepherds the good news, that's, that's a pretty good sign that it's going to be some good news, or some kind of big news at least. Not only did that happen, but once they said it, then a bunch of other angels showed up, and they just started singing praises to God, like, this is really good news. Angels are singing in the sky all around the shepherds. I'm sure it's really weird. And then... The shepherds obviously thought it was pretty good news too because they were like, well, let's drop everything and go figure out, let's go see this for ourselves. This is a big deal. So it's obviously some pretty good news. And what was the news? It's fear not for behold. He says, I bring you the good news of great joy that will be for all people. And here's the news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now surely you know this. I'm not telling you anything new that that's what Christmas is about. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's about the birth of Christ. But it was really good news to these people. Um, So to the shepherds, that's how they reacted. I want to look at a few other... We're just going to spend a a little bit of time in these first two chapters, just reading some of this stuff, just to see what some of the other people who had heard this news, how they reacted. So Zechariah, he's the father of John the Baptist. Uh, He wasn't able to speak until John the Baptist was born, and then he... You know, named him and he was able to speak. Uh, and so this is, this is what he says right after the birth of his child. <clears throat> Excuse me. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Zechariah has this, just this 
praising of, of God for coming and being the Savior, for putting us. He knows that this news means there's a Savior. And Savior means our relationship with the Father isn't going to be severed for much longer. Somebody's coming to put, that back, put us back in a righteous relationship with him. Then Elizabeth, this is Zachariah's wife, uh, and she's with the baby. And uh, this is right before she, Mary comes over. It says, in those days... Uh, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Two people have a major reaction to the good news right here. The baby inside of Elizabeth is like, the Savior's coming in the door right now. That's who I'm here to prepare for. He leaps inside her womb, so he's getting the good news, and he's not even out yet. You know, that's pretty crazy. And then Elizabeth, she starts proclaiming it. Uh, proclaiming the, you know, the praises of God and proclaiming the blessedness and talking about the Savior. And it's, in, it's incredible. This is not, I think that we just maybe, maybe it's just me, I don't know. I just have a tendency to read this thing, kind of be like, in those days, Mary arose and went with Hayes. You know, it's mundane, whatever, this is what happened. These people are over, like there's stuff overflowing in them. This is like ex- exclamations of joy coming out of them. So, on to Mary. Mary, this is in response to Elizabeth. And I think it's called like Mary's song or whatever. Everybody knows this. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has, fulfilled, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. See, I even, wrote, I even read that boring. Right? I mean, I can't read it. As, but that's not the way she sounded. I'm pretty sure she was like, you know, I got to get this out there. It's God. Like, he's doing things. He's, he said he was going to save us, and he's saving us. Like, he's remembered Israel. He's remembered the mercy. It's pretty crazy. And one other, I'm just going to go to one other uh, reaction. Simon in Luke 2, 25 through 32. This is when they take Jesus to be dedicated at the, at the temple. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So this is another thing is that this guy's either crazy, picking up somebody's baby and just like, yeah, praise God, baby, you know, or, or he's got some really good news that's happening. He's just realized something that's really a big deal. So Zechariah, 
Elizabeth, an unborn child, John, Mary, Simon, shepherds, angels were singing. Uh, Anna comes after Simon. There's a ton of reactions to this stuff. My point is that these people's joy is evident. Like they hear the good news and there's just evidence of a great joy that's in them. It's not a boring, dutiful statement. They are exclamations of joy overflowing from filled up heart of excitement. It was really good news. Uh, I, 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 I'm not very good at illustrations or, or whatever, so I'm just going to try this out, okay? But I think that this is kind of like when I was a kid and Christmas Day was coming. Like, Christmas Day was the next day. This is Christmas Eve, and mom, mom says, go to bed, you know, or Santa's not coming. And, uh, and I went to bed, but I remember, like, several nights, like, several Christmases just kind of laying in bed and not being able to sleep because I could hear my mom in the other room putting together something. And that was, it was going to be mine. Or it could be my sister's. But I'm sure there was, I knew there was something for me. I was pretty excited about it. Maybe it was something I'd asked for. Maybe it was a bike. You know, maybe she's putting together a bike because I know that those things have to be put together. And so then I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It could be a bike. I need a new bike. But it could also be, you know, maybe it's a tree house and, we're gonna, and you've got to build that. So I don't know. Whatever it is, it's going to be big and it's going to be mine tomorrow. I couldn't go get it by myself. There's no way I could obtain a bike by myself. I was young and I had no job. But my mom, I think she's going to provide that. And if it's not my mom, maybe Santa. I'm not really sure what that's about, but maybe, maybe he's going to bring it. Somebody's bringing me something. I was really, really excited. And so I remember one Christmas, I couldn't sleep. We, I, we lived uh, over in, on the hill, and we had this apartment upstairs, and there's like an alley running through, through right there across the street. And so I had this room. It was like an old sunroom, right? And so I had all these windows all around. And I'm laying in bed, wide awake, doing that thing. Like, I'm not sure what's out there, but that's probably, it's probably a computer. That makes sense. Yeah, or, or some sort of video game thing. And you got to, maybe she's got a, a bunch of games. She had a put them together. I don't know. So I'm, I was thinking about it, just going over and over and over. I could not go to sleep. I stayed in my bed because that's what I had to do, but I couldn't go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, a porch light came on across the alley. And I was like, it's morning. They're up. It's time for us to get up. So we're getting up. It's time, it's time to open presents. It's time to figure out what I got. I'm unwrapping this thing and we're getting up. So I got up, Went in my mom's room, woke her up, got all of my sisters up, and we started unwrapping presents. When we were done, we looked at the clock. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was pretty excited. That's my point. I was very, very excited. Now, hopefully, I don't even know what I got. A couple of times my mom played tricks on me, and I got a box of bricks. So I don't remember what I got that Christmas. But, uh, but my point is, is I was very excited. If you're that excited about Christmas unwrapping gifts now, that's probably an issue. But... When you were a kid, you were pretty excited because there was something really big or something really great coming that you couldn't go get on your own. And I feel like that's the feeling that these people were feeling. You know, there was like this excitement. They knew that that good news that had been told to them, like they didn't know all the details yet. They didn't have the whole thing done yet. But he was, he was here. It was really good news. And they were like... I can't wait here in the field. I got to go to Bethlehem and check this out. You know, it was, it was very exciting. So that's the place I feel like these statements are coming from. I feel like their joy was evident, that their excitement was evident. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Um, the, the thing is, though, is that that was, that was them. They were there. 
Jesus Christ, the little baby, was coming while they were here on earth. The angels appeared to them. And angels came and like sang around them. And an angel appeared to like every single one of these people at some point was like, hey, by the way, we got some good news. Jesus is coming, right? And so, I mean, this is, this is real. So this is them, and that was now. The question I have is, is it still that good a news to make us feel that good now for us as it was then for them? I'd ask that we just consider what we've been studying for like, I don't know how many months, forever. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. I'm just going to read this. Uh, As we consider that we have our identity in this, this baby, Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, that's Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We're a new creation. We find our identity in Christ. We've been speaking about that for for a couple months now. And it's only in the completed work of Jesus Christ that we're that we can find that identity in him. It's only through the completed work of Christ that you know, we're adopted and we find our inheritance in Christ making us a new creation. And without the birth of Jesus Christ, it's incomplete. It doesn't happen, right? So my point is, yes, we're, we're on this side of the thing. We're recipients. We're already recipients of, of the good news of Jesus Christ. We're recipients of being taken over. Christ is in us. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has indwelled us, made us understand Christ. Christ is like, we, we've believed, we've, you know, surrendered to that. Christ has taken over. It's, at this point, it even shouldn't be us living anymore. There's no Ben Ritchie. It's just Jesus Christ, right? This is something they didn't even have then. We have that. The good news of the birth of Jesus Christ means the beginning of something that we are enjoying the fruits of because of the completed work of Jesus Christ. So it's very good news today. And this is the question I guess I'm asking is, does it make you joyful? Does it make you full of praise and proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ? Is your joy evident? Is it like being excited about, you know, the big toy? Is it overflowing like it did from Zachariah and Elizabeth? And is there the baby leaping and, you know, and, and Mary? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
I think that the, this Christmas we want to do something a little different. We want to make sure that we're focusing in on that. The, the question we're asking is, do we, have we slowed down enough to realize the magnitude of what we're celebrating? To realize the magnitude of Jesus Christ coming? Do we slow down enough during Christmas to that? I'm not, we can shop, we can buy presents for each other, and I don't, whatever. But have we slowed down enough to just let the magnitude of the coming of Jesus Christ to sink into our souls, fill us up with joy, overflow from us because it's Christ in us and is it being proclaimed to the people around us? Is it evident in you that you have something to be joyful about? So do we see the big picture? Do we get the magnitude of the good news? Do we often miss the way to the good news of the birth of Christ? I feel like we do rush around a season and we often miss it. Sometimes we tag Jesus' name on our Christmas cards, like Jesus is the reason for the season or something. That's good. Don't stop doing that. That's, that's a good thing. Uh, maybe we pray together before a meal or something. Maybe we set up a nativity scene next to the Christmas tree or we come to church during Advent season. That's good. We're going to light some candles in the next few weeks. Uh, that'll be a good thing. And we sing some hymns. And uh, we kind of, sometimes I feel like we just kind of stamp, just kind of just stamp Jesus' name on it. And we, we rush around throw some money at the holiday, get through it. Or in the case of what we did this week, I don't think this was the intent, but we just went on ahead and did Christmas on Monday, so it was out of the way, you know? It's the, is, that the, is that the mentality that we, that we come into this, or do we realize that it's bigger than that? We're going to do something a little different, and so right now we're going to show a video, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about what we're going to do specifically in the coming weeks at, at, uh, at Redemption Church.
All right, well, I hope you guys were able to read all that on that little screen from back there. What we're doing is something called Advent Conspiracy. Uh, Advent Conspiracy is designed to help us slow down so that we experience the season differently because the birth of Jesus is worth remembering. Christmas should be a time full of joy. This is something that it's just written on the website. I'm just reading it to you real quick, okay? Christmas should be time full of joy, memories, and happiness because of the good news that Jesus Christ came and he is alive today in us and we are on this side of salvation, our identity in him bringing us into righteous relationship with God. So what we're doing is this thing called Advent Conspiracy. It's not really like too much of a program. There's no money that goes to Advent Conspiracy or anything like that. It's just some material. So we're going to do a few things. There's, there's four tenets that, uh, that Advent Conspiracy is, is getting at. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be teaching, well, Jeremy will be teaching through these four tenets. Um, one is worship fully. I want to go in and put them out here now because, you know, if you get through each tenet one at a time, then well, Christmas will be here and you will have done everything and you wouldn't have time to, to enjoy the season. Like, So you can start thinking about it now and then we'll just expand on it every week, right? So worship fully is the first one because Christmas marks the moment where God's promise was fulfilled and love took form, tiny fingers and all. Jesus was born. It's a moment that deserves our full attention. It deserves a celebration, one that is creative, loud, and directs every heart his way. So we'll be teaching on that in the first week. And we'll be doing some things to practice these things also. Spend less. America spends around $450 billion a year on Christmas. That was in the video. I heard on the radio the other day, it's actually, last year it was $586 billion. Much of that is on credit or in putting people in debt. Spending less isn't a call to stop giving gifts. It's a call to stop aimlessly spending money on forgettable gifts. By spending wisely on gifts, we free ourselves from the anxiety associated with debt and spending so we can take in the season with a full heart. And then the third one is give more. The most powerful, memorable gift you can give to someone else is yourself. And nobody modeled this more than Jesus. The point is simple. When it comes to spending time with those you love, it's all about quality, not quantity. So give more is not just about giving money. It's about giving more quality gifts. And that might mean spending time with people. That might mean backing backing up and slowing down a little bit to spend some quality time with people and proclaim Jesus to one another so that we have time to take this in with a full heart and focus on Jesus Christ. And four is love all. It all, boils down to, it all boils down to love, love from our Savior, enabling us to love a neighbor in need. By spending just a little less on gifts, we free up our resources to love as Jesus loves by giving in life-changing ways to those who really need help. So this is some of the stuff that we're going to do to practice these four tenets at, at, uh, at Redemption Church. We're having an event downtown on First Friday and on the Christmas, at the Christmas Light Up Spectacular, which is two weeks from now. I thought it was next week until just a few minutes ago because... The dates are crazy this year. But two weeks from now, first Friday, and uh, the Christmas Light Up Spectacular, 1124, which we have an office space and like a big open space. It's a multi-purpose building, I guess. I don't know. We have this space on Broad Street. I don't know how many of you guys have been there. It's coming along. It looks pretty cool, and we want to start using it to, to 
you know, minister to our community. And also, we want to start using it for a place for us to gather and do things together. So one of the things we're going to do is uh, two weeks from now, we're having this event there where we'll have refreshments. It'll be a time for us to get together and kind of party a little bit, you know, have some, have some uh, food and some drinks. If you want to make something, you can do that. And then also, we'll be having some stations set up where you can make, like, Christmas ornaments together. And we're inviting the public into it with us, too. It's first Friday and Light of Spectacular. There's going to be a ton of people downtown. We're on like this circuit of, uh, we're supposed to be on this circuit of like a window decorating contest. So we should have people coming by. We're going to invite them in to come and have refreshments with us and just celebrate the birth of Christ. And just to, uh, and we'll be making gifts, making ornaments and stuff together. Uh, and then also we'll be raising money for Uganda. This is one of the things that we're actually setting a little bit of a goal for for our church. Is uh, we're, I think our goal, our goal is uh, to raise an extra two thousand dollars in the month of December amongst from us and from these type things to send to uh, our friends in Uganda that we already support with their clinic. Uh, it, it may go towards uh, starting to stock their clinic because they don't they have a clinic but it's not stocked. It's just people there to help right now. It could go to that unless there's another need that rises up. I don't want to tell you for sure in case something else happens. But we just want to have a, a couple thousand dollars extra that we can that we can gift to them this Christmas and help somebody who really needs help in a really life-changing way. And we know that people are there proclaiming Jesus with that. So that's something we want to do. As, as, so with that, we'll also be taking donations at that event in two weeks. Um, here's some other things we want you to do. Maybe it gets a little weird for you, but we want you to, you know, we want, we'd really like to see and hear about how you take Advent Conspiracy and make it your own and do it individually. Maybe it gets a little weird for you. Maybe you have to tell your family, hey, I'm not going to buy you you know, a sweater or an ugly tie this year, I'm going to make you a paper ornament. It's going to be wonderful. But I'd like it if we could make the paper ornaments together because I just want to spend time with you. Or, you know, I don't know what it looks like. I, you know, this is something you need to th- we want you to think about. Spend some time with the Lord each day asking how you might give a gift that will express the good news that you have in the coming of Jesus Christ to the people in your life. And then, uh, and then make some plans to do that. You could break out the scissors and paper Make something. You can invite people over for dinner. You can uh, get together with your MC and think about how you can raise man hours to donate to something. Um, or you can get together with your MC and have a Christmas party. Or you can get together with the whole church and have a Christmas party. I don't know. Make some cookies. Bring those to me. Uh, eat them together. Talk about Jesus together. Just proclaim the good news. Keep reminding each other of the good news of Jesus Christ. We've talked about it many times how we are as a church, we're just we're signposts for each other who are here to point each other back to Christ. We're very forgetful people. And we need each other to just keep being that signpost that says, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. And then at Christmas, is no, it's a wonderful time to be able to do that intentionally. So come up with ways where you can intentionally point people to the birth of Jesus Christ and ex- proclaim what good news it is that he came and that you now find your identity in him. Uh, and then... Last, like I said, we want to raise $2,000 to give to Uganda. So we'll have like a, I guess we'll have a, a box or something out at the kiosk if you want to give to that. We'll start raising money at the, that event. So if you are able to save some money and you don't have to spend as much this year, maybe you have a little extra to give and you want to give to Uganda. That'd be cool. It's just a way for us together to, uh, to give a better gift. So whatever you do. I'm just asking that you don't throw your money at Christmas, that you don't just pile up debt, pile up anxiety, and just rush through the holiday and get it be behind you. I feel like that's 
maybe not, I don't know what you guys do, but I feel like a large portion of the population does exactly that. So please don't rush through it. Please take time to slow down. We'll be teaching through these four tenets. We'll be doing things to practice these four tenets together. Um, let's slow down and let's not miss Jesus Christ because it's really, really good news. And it should be, we should be so excited if we would just slow down and get the, the magnitude of the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray with me? Father, I thank you again for this time. I thank you for these people. I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for the, the good news that you stepped down and came. And you lived and you died and you rose again. You paid our debt. You brought us in to right relationship with you again. You honored the covenant that you made with your people. And we are recipients of that. We are brought back into, into a relationship with the You live in us. You live through us. Like We are not our own at this point. I, I thank you so much because what we could never do, you've done. And it all started right here. I know we'll have time to celebrate your life. We'll have time to celebrate your death and we'll have time to celebrate your resurrection. But Father, in this season, we just celebrate this time where we were in the history of our, our story. We were in darkness and sunrise came and you showed light on all of us. We thank you for that. We thank you for salvation. Father, I pray that you would that the Holy Spirit would indwell us and that we would know what this means, this love of Jesus Christ, how wide and tall and deep it is, and that it would change everything, change all our perspectives, that everything would be upside down, or maybe it's right side up, and uh, we'd be just so overjoyed that we would express it, proclaim it, that our joy would be evident, and that all we could do is say, Jesus Christ came and he saved me. It's really good news. I want you to know about it. Would you make us be proclaimers of the gospel? We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ben did a great job of uh, calling us to slow down to remember the magnitude of the